With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
an entire show. Ladyfish Steve is in the chat room there. We've got Black Dog Custom Rods, Mr. Lenny Sutton. Join us in the chat room, Mr. Ed from Hellbrand Leatherworks. Um, LGBs in the chat room, Fishing Florida Radio, Mr. Steve Chapman. The engineers in there as well, uh, Randy English, my boy, and of course, Yak Chum joining us as well there in the chat room. If you guys are listening to this show, whether it be via the <clears throat> the apps for iPhone or for Android, feel free to uh, tune in on following shows and join us in the chat room. It's always fun uh, to watch what's going on there in the chat room and listen to the uh, the rhetoric, or at least watch the rhetoric, I should say, that's going on in there. So that's always cool. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, there you go. Got those intros done for you. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I appreciate that. I, I didn't see them in the in the uh, studio there, but we'll try and see if they're there in, in a few minutes. Maybe I'll hit one on during one of the breaks or whatever. But uh, let's see. Miss Ashley Ray is having a problem trying to get the uh, the live feed up. So, Mr. Wade Hollowell, if you do me a favor, brother, put up the link in the chat room for her to go direct, directly to the show. That would be greatly appreciated. And as always, let's start the show off tonight with what's going on here on the Space Coast and in Central Florida. Uh, and, and of course, we need to start with the Help Emily Now uh, tournament, Help Keep Emily in Her School. Uh, the Rouse family, Austin and Becca, are in, uh, in need of some assistance in trying to keep their daughter, Emily, in her special needs school. And once again, as we have done, uh, as we have done last year, they're doing a tournament. And um, this tournament is a free entry fee. There's no entry fee, I should say. Uh, however, donations are welcome. Uh, if, you're looking to, if you're looking to have some fun and a great experience in a tournament, don't miss this one. It will be held at Kayaks by Bow in Titusville, September 14, 2013. Um, if you go to their website, helpemilynow.org, you can follow the link. It's on the top of the toolbar. It says Tournament. That will bring you to the uh, information page. It'll have everything you need, including uh, your registration, your location, and uh, rules and regulations, and, of course, the sponsors who have stepped up to take care of the uh, Rouse family once again this year. And the list of sponsors is long. Uh, if you don't like to fish, you, I don't know why you're listening to the show, but if you don't like to fish, uh, feel free to come on out. Or you're not, just not in a tournament, that's cool. Come on out and uh, spend an afternoon with us over at Kayaks by Bo, uh, there'll be some raffle uh, raffle tickets to be purchased and great prizes to be given away. Uh, I don't know if they're doing a silent auction this year. I imagine probably so. But uh, come on out. It's going to be a good time. And if you're not an experienced tournament angler, excuse me, just a first-timer or whatever, you definitely don't want to miss it. It's going to be a good time had by all. Again, that is September the 14th of 2013. Um over at Kayaks by Bo in Titusville. So look forward to that. And of course, I can't go on without mentioning the Cars Park uh, event. So let's uh, try and pull that up here because I know I've got it. I saw it just a minute ago. There he is. Uh, with Alan not being here, I'll try and do the best I can to run down what's going on with the Cars Park tournament. 2013 Cars Park Fall Redfish Classic will take place November the 9th. 2013 obviously it's on a saturday the uh it's a redfish only tournament in cars park in the no in the no motor zone area 
You are only allowed to launch from Cars Park and fish the no motor zone. You're not allowed to go anywhere else and fish different locations and come back with pictures of fish or whatever. So uh, you definitely don't want to miss this one. Some of the uh, sponsors who have stepped up in this particular event, local lines, charters, um, hook'em charters. I know that uh, Fishtail Artworks has jumped, jumped, uh, jumped on board. Fishing Florida Radio, I believe, is, is taking care of Allen. Uh, Banks Lures, Kayak Slabo, Black Dog Rods, Red Zone Apparel. So there's going to be a whole bunch of uh, good stuff to go along with this tournament, just like the last one that Allen did out there at Cars Park. For those of you that may have joined us for the uh, Trout Tournament, you might want to take a take a second to come on out and hang out with us, and uh, it'll be fun. I see Edward in there says, Redfish hate him. Well, Ed, you know what, buddy? Get a hold of me, brother. We'll, we'll go and we'll try and solve the uh, the riddle of the redfish. Um, again, if you're a guest and you're in the chat room and uh, you're wondering how to type in there or whatever, there's a little login button. It should be right below the uh, the chat room itself. If you can see that, then you can click that, and that will take you to uh, a small icon where you can click on your social media page, whether it be Facebook or Twitter, and uh, you can log in that way. So uh, there you have it. <clears throat> awesome. Uh, chat room has grown since I announced everybody. Let's see. We got Dee Dee Olson now in the house. We got uh, Hammerhead, Mr. Greg Crisp. Um, <laughs> oh boy, Noodle Knees is in there. That's always horrible. Uh, Randy English, of course, is still there. Let's see. And uh, a couple others. We got a bunch of guests in there as well. So uh, cool. <clears throat> well, this past weekend, um, I got to fish on Sunday. I got to fish with my good buddy, Mr. Pepe Vidal, Jose Vidal, if you don't know who I'm talking about. And uh, <clears throat> we went to the No Motor Zone. We fished off of the NASA Causeway. We launched off the NASA, NASA Causeway, I should say, so cut down our, our paddle or pedal time quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, flipper. We had a great time. We found some fish. We pushed a lot of fish. And I find what, what – what I was really excited to see, and something that I think a lot of you guys will be very uh, interested in hearing, is while there's so much doom and gloom going on about the intercoastal waterways, and it's true, a lot of a lot of the areas of the uh, Indian River, Banana River, and Mosquito Lagoon uh, over the last couple of years have taken a royal beating. Um, I'll tell you what, the the first 15 minutes of being on the water in the no motor zone the other day was pretty awesome. Uh, I saw for the first time in a very long time up this way, a giant school of, uh, of Jack Revelle going absolutely ballistic on, on bait fish. So that's, <clears throat> to me, that's always a positive sign, man. Things are, things are good, at least in that small body of water. Water is crystal clear. The grass is growing in as, as pretty as I've ever seen it, um, at least for that region. And uh, there's plenty of fish. Uh, we didn't get a whole lot of fish. I don't know if it was because there's so much bait in the water or, or they're just really skittish because of the fact that the no motor zone has been literally beaten to a bloody pulp over the last couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, we I ended up getting one nice upper slot red. Uh, Peppy didn't get a red, but we caught a couple of uh, Jack Cravel out of that school first thing in the morning. Uh, we found ourselves playing with some tarpon about halfway through the day. And uh, I jumped two, I think, at the first spot. Pepe jumped, I think, two or three at the first spot. Uh, had one chase his bait all the way back to the boat. Um, 
so yeah, it was it was uh it was interesting. And then uh as some of you may have seen, there's a Pepe filmed a little video of me throwing a, a six weight fly rod into a, a bit of a creek and pulling a, a decent little ditch tarpon out of that. So uh it was definitely awesome. Um the heroes in the water crew from uh, a lot of those guys are Space Coast Sky Kingler members. Uh, they had their dry run at the No Motor Zone on Saturday, too. Went well. I talked to, to Steve McInerney quite a bit about it today, and uh, that was definitely awesome. So um, it, was a good, it was a good day to be out on the water. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true, too. You can listen to the uh, video um, and listen to Pepe as he's got a cigar hanging out of his face. <laughs> So uh, it, it, it's pretty awesome. But anyways, so the fishing up there was, it was all right. It wasn't great. Um, I broke off a tarpon just prior to catching that one on video. And that one, I broke off on a spinner rod, jumped into a mangrove tree and busted me off. Um, but we, you know, we saw a lot of fish. I had some, I had a couple of tarpon while I was wading in muck. I was in like knee deep, knee deep worth of muck. Had a couple of tarpons swim right up and, uh, like some right between my legs and around my feet and everything else. I had one, I just dropped the fly in the water just to get it wet and he come racing out of nowhere trying to eat it. So it was, it was pretty epic as far as a small tarpon bite was concerned. So, you know, that was cool. And then, uh, you come back to the, the Levi household, brought the redfish across the street to my uh, neighbor, Doug, and he proceeded to fillet it and then cook it up for the little corner of the neighborhood to kind of share and munch on as we had our little neighborhood get together as we tend to do here on Balboa street. And, uh, yeah, it was a good, good day, man. It was awesome. We had a, we had a great time. Um, and anytime you get to spend some time out on the water with good friends, it's always, uh, it's always a good deal. But, um, Oh, also too, real quick. Don't forget that if you plan on joining us for the boondoggle, which is coming up in just a few short months away, uh, I think we're in less than 60 days of the actual boondoggle. Um, just crazy to think about. Uh, it's about sold out. Oh, I think it is actually sold out. The, uh, the campground that is where most, where all of us will be camping for the most part. So if you haven't gotten in, in involved, haven't picked your spot, you know, whatever the case may be, um, don't know what a boondoggle is. Um, I'll give you a real quick rundown pretty simple a boondoggle is pretty much the the coolest event i think that you can go to if you if you enjoy kayaking uh kayak fishing um just camaraderie fishing in general it would be great to have you guys come on out and uh spend some time with us uh jd being sipped well it's a family show but yes of course um yeah so it's good stuff man it'll be it'll be good times have by all like i say um, hopefully we can get some of you, some of you new guys who've never been to a boondoggle to come out or girls. Uh, that would be awesome. Um, and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. We've already got more people registered for this boondoggle than we're at my last one or that we're at the last one I put on. Um, so if you weren't at the last one, we had over 300 people show up at it. So we're, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw four, if not even 500 people there. I know Native Watercraft is going to be there. Hobie's going to be there. Um, super stoked about that. Frank sent me a text today to kind of let me know that he had paid his little fee for his spot there. Um, 
I think Jackson Kayaks is planning on coming. Uh, there should be a few others that are going to show up. There's a number of other vendors that are going to be there in the vendor village. So, and don't forget, the vendor village is only there for those who want to go out and experience it. You want to go and take a demo ride on a kayak that you may may or may not have been thinking about buying. That's what it's going to be there for. So, uh, it's definitely going to be pretty cool. If you get an opportunity to uh, to stop by any of those booths, do so. And thank you for coming out to the Boondoggle, of course. And uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. We're uh, most of us, I think, are in Section C there at the campground. So we'll see how that all turns out. But uh, other than that, tonight's topic, it was going to be, or it is going to be, about how to target game fish when there is an overabundance of bait fish in your area using artificials. Using natural baits, it's pretty easy. You do something to that bait to injure it to where it does it doesn't swim the same way that a uninjured bait swims and it will get picked out of the of the of the crowd of fish. Uh and and but mainly I'm talking about fish being the prey item. Uh not really gonna discuss too much about crabs and shrimp and that kind of thing because rarely do you ever see a overabundance of shrimp like a giant school of krill or something like that. But uh you know what we're gonna get into that here in just a minute. I'm going to hit a real quick uh, commercial break, and once we get back, we'll talk about ways that you can uh, ways that you can get out there and you can target fish when it's uh, a little tough with a lot of bait in the water. Give me the flats of dawn with plenty of tailing fish and the perfect fly rod, yeah. and get ready for some magic. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. All right. Well, the other one didn't want to go. So, uh, cool. <laughs> Short little 40-second commercial break there. Uh, trust me, I'm still learning how to do all these little commercial spots and trying to make them sound seamless. Uh, but anyhow, so yeah, <clears throat> let's see the, um, they're at the end of the list. Awesome. So yeah, finding, ba- finding schools of fish or single fish that are crushing giant wads of bait and trying to get your one bait fish or your one live bait to look different than everything else. There's two things that you need. You need a split shot and you need a pair of scissors. If you have a pair of scissors and a split shot, you can you can automatically improve your chances of catching a fish when there's a lot of bait around. Now, this is going to be one of those techniques that you're going to want to try and use when you're fishing in water that's a little bit deeper, say anywhere from two to 100 feet. <laughs> Um, say you come upon a, a school of mullet getting just thrashed by redfish. Well, if you tail hook your mullet and sail them out there free lined, he can swim pretty good and keep up pretty well with most of the other fish if you give him a lot of slack. Or if the school doubles back and comes back to you. Now, if you take that same mullet and you tail hook him, but you trim part of his tail off, making it harder for him to swim away, 
and then add a small split shot, just enough to give them a little bit of resistance getting through the grass or getting, you know, or just kind of cruising above the, the shallow water there. Um, he'll stand out for sure when it comes to uh, a predator finding him. I use the same technique when I'm offshore uh, fishing off the beaches and stuff for kingfish or for cobias or for triple tail or for tarpon. And you get a bunch of pogies or croakers or pilchards or whatever your bait may be. I'll trim their tails back, especially for big triple tail. I'll take a, I'll take a pair of scissors and cut the, the entire tail off of a, uh, off of a uh, pogie and drop them next to a, a buoy off Port Canaveral on like a half ounce jig head and just send him straight down. And as he's going down, a big uh, turbo-sized um, pogie has enough strength still in that little nub of a tail to kind of keep himself hanging right alongside the chain of, of the buoy, putting him in the strike zone longer, making him appear to be a struggling bait fish who needs to be eaten. So, you know, that always works really well. When you're off the beach and you're in the middle of the giant wad of pogies, you're sitting right next to it and it's getting hammered by kings and by tarpon and cobia and whatever else is going on, sharks or whatever, taking taking the same technique, either with a jig head or, or you can if you're worried about kingfish, uh, even with uh, uh, a small kingfish rig, take a small split shot and put it right above the kingfish rig, trim the tail of that bait and just send him down and let him do his thing. And, uh, you know, you'll have you'll have good success with it, I'm telling you. On the flats, uh, I'm not one to score the side of a bait fish to make it bleed. To me, it doesn't make a lot of sense, especially if you're throwing finger mullet. You're going to end up with a whole bunch of catfish. Uh, if you're going to throw bait in and around um, mullet schools, if you're not using a live mullet, I would use a giant chunk of mullet and put it just outside of that. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that would work real well. Um, now, when it comes to artificials, this is a little bit. This is it, it's not different per se. You definitely want to uh, to to keep up. You definitely want to keep up the same techniques that you would normally do when you're not in a bunch of bait, which is using the same, you know, the uh, soft plastics, your top waters, your subsurface, whatever. Only difference is when you're fishing in and around those schools of bait. I tend to find that. Putting it in the center of the school of bait is not really that great of an idea because you're covered up in so much bait. Working the outside edges of the bait or even bringing that that plug or that lure out of the school of bait and drop them out in front of you. Uh, it, it, or you're going to drop it out in front of that school or, or drag it through it and bring it out into the open water. Usually shows that one bait fish is trying to get away and automatically they come after it. What's up, Matt? I see Matt's there in the uh, in the chat room as well. So, you know, it's pretty simple. I, I prefer to throw, uh, when there's a lot of mullet around, I prefer to throw uh, shad tail style baits. You guys know I like Slayer Inc. Uh, SSTs. I like to run them on, in molting color when there's a lot of mullet around or a lot of, you know, other styles of bait fish, even glass minnows. The molting, for some reason, tends to have a little bit of a shine to it. Works real well. I've caught a ton of fish on it. Um and I rigged that on either a 16th or an 8th ounce jig head. Um, I've been using the Tommy head jigs quite a bit, and uh, they've been awesome. Uh, haven't had any issues with any Tommy head jigs lately, and, and actually ever, except for the one that bent out. But I think that was just one bad hook. So, But, you know, the, the, the secret to success when you're sitting there and you're fishing a giant wad of bait is uh, stealth. Because even though these fish are still aggro and they're crushing through bait and they're doing everything they can do to try and gorge themselves 
they're still aware of their surroundings. So get in there nice and slow, nice and stealthy. If these, you know, what happens a lot of times too, in the Indian River, especially, or in the in the Banana River, I've seen it sometimes, is you'll watch the school of redfish will push a school of mullet down a shoreline, or the school of mullet will kind of push down the shoreline, and uh, you know it's it's pretty good um, it, when when you can get out in front of it and sit still and allow those bait fish to come to you. So. Being in a Hobie, I also have a little bit of an advantage over some others where I can kind of race out and get around them and, and definitely cut them off quick because the pedals are fast. I mean, you know, I can I can cover a lot of ground pretty fast. So that works. Standing up push pulling works too. You can you can almost push pull faster than you can paddle in shallow water. So, you know, getting out in front of those fish, giving yourself an opportunity to set up and uh, and do the right thing as far as cast you properly. Don't hit these fish in the head. You know, maybe lead them a little bit, let the bait lay in the, on the bottom, whether you're using a jig or using a, a jerk shad or uh, a shrimp style bait or whatever. And once that herd of fish comes and you've got everything kind of working together, then make that bait pop out of the grass real fast and kind of rip it away from that school of uh, bait fish. And I'm telling you, there's if you want to do a little research on YouTube, I did a, a short video a while ago when I was in a motion kayaks and uh I fished for about probably about an hour prior to work one day when I worked out at Handler Fishing Supply. And I got lucky. I was driving over the causeway, just happened to have the kayak in the back of the truck, and I saw a bunch of mullet getting thrashed. So I stopped, dumped in. I caught seven red fish in about 45 minutes, all out of that school of mullet. And all I did was throw shad tails straight down the center of the, uh, the school of bait and then rip it out of the school of bait from the side and kind of get it to kind of race away. Like it was trying to escape getting, getting eaten. And, uh, you know, it was awesome. It, it worked, man. It, it's another thing to do too. Uh, something I haven't really touched on in a while is I've noticed that there are, um, there are plenty of, uh, big mullet cruising around. Uh, you know, when you're out there and you're fishing and you see these big giant mullet just kind of mowing around on the bottom or, or jumping here and there, but you can see them pushing. Uh, a lot of times guys mistake their push for an actual redfish push. Don't hesitate to throw down the center of that school as well. Um, while most slot size redfish won't take the time or energy to try and gobble up an 8 to 12 inch mullet, um, they'll follow them around like puppy dogs. The mullet get down there in the in the grass. <clears throat> they shake their head around. They try to uh, scare up some bait, whether it be shrimp or, or they don't try to scare up bait, but they tend to scare up bait, whether it be shrimp or crabs or minnows, because all of those prey items have no clue that this mullet isn't going to try and eat them. So they get out of the way. Well, here's the redfish cruising in behind the mullet to gobble everything up. So you know that works too. That's a that's a that's a pretty good uh, pretty good tactic as well. Um, this time of year, again, with the water being relatively clean in most places, molting, uh, a molting style color would be good. A Venice glow or, Ar or Arkansas glow would be a good color. Um, there's a bunch of uh, different colors that are out there. Something with a little bit of gold flake in it wouldn't be a bad idea. Something with some uh, almost, a almost a caramel color would be a good idea as well. So, uh, you know, some of those types of things work real well. Top water plugs, one of my favorite things to do when there's a bunch of bait getting thrashed is throw a topwater plug and uh we'll talk about how to 
how to really target some of these fish on topwater plugs here in just a second once we get back from yet <laughs> another commercial break. And uh, this one will be uh, sponsored by uh, Orca Coolers. Stand by. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers. Made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Awesome. Big shout-out to Bill Terry, my boy from Orca Coolers. Man, love my Orca Coolers to death. My new casting and, and polling platform for my PA-14. Uh, you know, I'm super stoked about having uh, those guys on board the, uh, the Hobie every time I hit the water now. So, But anyhow, I digress. The topwater plugs, throwing topwater plugs around big schools of bait. Let me tell you something. Nothing is as exciting as watching a redfish try and clobber a topwater plug because, quite frankly, they have a hard time doing it. Um, their mouths are not designed to eat off the surface. Rather, eat off the bottom, hence they always tail. Unlike a trout that can come up from underneath it and gobble it up, a redfish almost has to come up and come right down on top of that bait to grab it. So... With that in mind, when you get these strikes on your topwater plug and you're not hooking up, that's probably what's going on. The redfish is trying to push and eat it. Um, a couple little tricks you can do to your topwater plug to try and improve your catch rate. It will it will affect the action of the plug somewhat, but when they're feeding heavy on bait fish, I don't think it really matters that much. You can take that treble hook off the back of your of your favorite plug. Mine happens to be a uh, Spook Junior. Uh, I prefer to throw that bait in either bone color, sea trout color, or chartreuse in uh, silver. Um, but if you take the back hook off, uh, the treble hook, and put a large, I use a live bait style hook, like, a, like a, a normal wide gap live bait style hook, as opposed to throwing uh, a circle hook. And that bigger hook will give the, the plug just a little bit more uh, weight just enough to sink the back end of that plug down just a hair more than where it would normally sit in the water, giving that redfish just an, a, a little bit of an advantage to try and come up and, and, and gobble up that topwater plug. Uh, pausing it when you know a fish is chasing it, so you, see, you can see a, uh, a nice, um, <laughs> say you can see a nice push coming your direction, then uh, just pausing it, a lot of times will result in a non-strike. You know, you can't stop a, a mullet being chased down by a redfish isn't going to just stop swimming and sit on the surface and wait to be inhaled. You know, so when I see a push coming, I actually will speed up my cadence just a little bit and get that thing kind of moving just a little bit faster. Dum 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 dum. You know, quick 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 quick. And then uh, next thing you know, that fish will come up and push that that last surge of water to try and gobble it. When you see that, now you stop it. Now you let it rest because he's coming, he's pushing the water, his mouth is open, he's trying to get a hold of it without twitching it, just letting it rest there. He thinks he's got it, boom, he grabs a hold of it. That open live bait hook will, will sink right into his mouth. Not always in the corner, sometimes in the roof of the mouth, sometimes in the back of the roof of the mouth. But for the most, for the most part, it will... Uh, 
it'll it'll hammer home for sure. Trout will tend to give you a little bit of a harder time if you if you try that same technique. Trout just tend to be ambush feeders. You never really know when that trout bite's coming. Every now and again in super skinny water, you'll see that push. But for the most part, you're not going to see a big push from a trout coming to hammer a topwater plug. Most of the time, it's surprise. And uh, I'll tell you this. Some of my biggest redfish I've ever caught on plugs, I mean, the biggest trout I've ever caught on plugs, I caught after they struck the plug and missed it. I've left it lay right where it falls back in the water you know sometimes they'll knock it two or three feet in the air as soon as it hits the water let it sit the 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 disturbance on the water is going to knock that thing back and forth just a little bit and uh that little rattle inside there is going to make just enough noise to let that trout know hey that plug's still near me you know and or that that bait is still near me and then as soon as you kind of like let everything kind of calm down for a second, give it one or two more twitches and pause it. And a lot of times they'll be right there waiting to slop it up. Um, you know, I, I had my biggest trout last year was 34 inches. I had that fish come up underneath the plug and slam it probably 15 times before he finally got it. And I watched him eat it. He was within just a few feet of me uh, standing up in the kayak and I watched him eat it. And that's exactly what he did. Every time he come up to hit it and miss it, as soon as the plug landed, he'd shoot back over. I could see him clear as day. The water's crystal clear. He'd shoot back up underneath it and just sit, lay, almost lay on the bottom and stare up at it, wait for it to move. And as soon as I twitched it, he'd hit it. So, you know, same thing goes for when you're fishing around these schools. It's, it, it works really, really well. Throw that topwater plug right down the center of that school of bait and kind of work it to the outside edge. Don't work it all the way through the school of bait. Just kind of work it from the center to the outside edge. And a lot of times when you get to that, foot to about four foot away from the, the wad of bait, you're going to get hammered, especially when they're in there and they're feeding real heavy. So uh, definitely uh, a couple of things to maybe think about doing. Uh, something else you can think about doing as well, which works, is um, if, you, uh, if you take an opportunity to watch the, uh, I don't want to say the, uh, yeah, the way that the way that the bait fish are are, are working. See, sometimes you'll see, um, sometimes you'll see like glass minnows, and most of us will pass off glass minnows as, eh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think that it's going to be. Uh, there, I don't think anything that I want to catch is going to be feed on those little glass minnows. Or you'll watch the glass minnows and one or two of them will jump out of the water and they just look like typical glass minnows. Like they're all nervous all the time because everything in the water eats them. But if you watch them and all of a sudden a few of them bounce out of the water and there's nothing getting crushed on the surface, but there's a little bit of a disturbance in and around them, I'm telling you right now, a four-inch shad tail thrown through that school of glass minnows will almost always result in either a redfish or a good-sized trout. Um, it's It's... It's a telltale sign that, uh, you know, there's something there. It, yeah, if you open up a ladyfish, they're crammed full of those glass minnows. Yeah, well, and that's true, especially if you're fishing deeper water. You're out you're out there and, uh, you know, you're in three to four foot of water and, and there's, there's glass minnows getting crushed. 90% 90, 90 of the time, it's either dink trout or it's ladyfish. But I'm talking now, if you're in a foot, to two foot of water and you watch these glass minnows and they're kind of bouncing around on the surface just a little bit, but nothing's crushing through them. 
usually what happens is these redfish will slide in or the trout will slide in or even snook I've seen will slide in and around these schools of glass minnows and just kind of like make them nervous. They won't fully commit to, to crushing them, but they'll, they'll definitely uh, come around and kind of like just kind of watch them. It, dude, if you don't cast towards those glass minnows, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're wasting some time on the water. And, uh, you know, you definitely, definitely need to take uh, advantage of every opportunity that's out there. One of the things that Pepe and I noticed when we were over there, we found those tarpon, is there was a lot of bait in the area. And there was a lot of bait and get, getting crushed, but most of the bait were small bait fish, very small prey items. And I mean, we're not talking about small bait fish like a two or three inch pinfish or, you know, a uh, three to four inch mullet. I'm talking again about glass minnows, mud minnows, those types of things. So when you see those, slow down, take your time, throw through them. Um, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to catch a bunch of good quality fish. There's a spot I'll, I'll say it on the radio show. I don't really care. Um, if you go and launch at the, uh, the boat ramp just south of State Road 50 here in Titusville on US-1, uh, Kennedy Point, I think is what it is, uh, and head south towards NASA Causeway, a lot of times you'll find those glass minnows working along that shoreline on the west side. And when you look over and you'll see them again, they'll look really, really nervous and all of a sudden, like a few of them will kind of pop out of the water, but nothing's crushing them. Nothing's hitting them. There's no activity on the surface. Then I'm telling you, it's, it's dumb. You'll, you'll throw into that, man. You'll catch a bunch of fish, especially if you don't mind throwing a buggy whip. I love using a fly rod when I see glass minnows because it's just almost a guaranteed bite. Um, Lenny from Black Dog says there's tons of bait at the inlet. Water's clean and tons of sharks on the flats. Well, that's awesome. Um, are there any bonnet heads on the flats? Because I want to get down there and try and get one on fly. That'd be sick. But anyhow, so uh, so that's that. I mean, it's it's pretty easy. Again, when you're fishing in uh, in areas of a little bit deeper water and you're watching bait get get just absolutely pummeled, um, take your time to uh, drop a bait through the center of that school. Let it get down below the school of bait. Any almost every. National Geographic, Discovery Channel, or whatever show you've probably ever watched where they show sardine schools or or mullet schools or pogie schools or whatever, um, you almost always watch the predators come from the bottom up into the into the, the water bait. And when you watch it closely, you'll see that even tunas and sharks and billfish and whatever, they'll all do the same thing. They'll all come up from the bottom, race up through the school, and, and grab a mouthful of bait. So when you drop when you drop a bait through that school and you crank it real fast, make sure that you're moving that thing away from the school of bait. Like try not to spend too much time in it. Um, you can use some you can use some crank baits. Uh, I'll tell you who makes one. Uzuri makes a crank bait. It's small, looks just like a glass minnow. Uh, Rapala used to make one too. I think they still do. It looks like a glass minnow. Um, Let's see. Yeah, it's kind of like the Glass Ghost uh, X-Rap. Yep, pretty similar. Um, Uzuri Crystal Minnows will work okay, the small ones. But they actually, and I don't remember the actual style name from Uzuri, but they actually had one that had a little silver line down the side of it and everything. Man, it looked just like a just like a real glass minnow. But, uh, you know, and I like to throw um, the uh, imitation 
glass minnow flies we, that we make out of epoxy and just lay a piece of uh, flashaboo down the side of the belly to kind of give it that little shine that sometimes glass minnows will have. So, but anyway, if you fish in deep water, get yourself a couple of small lip plugs. I wouldn't use anything with too big of a lip. You don't want it to get down to six foot, something kind of subsurface or even just like a twitching wrap or a miradine or something like that, that can get down and get just below that bait school. Um, you know, be, be prepared, have that drag set nice and, uh, nice and tight, ready for fighting mode and, and, uh, hold on for sure. Um, in the rivers, when fishing bait schools, I use the same type of rigs. I'm fishing a seven foot medium action rod. Uh, one of the rods I've been using a lot, obviously lately has been my black dog custom rod that Lenny built me. Um, with a, that one's got a 3000 Stratic CI4 on it. That's spooled with 10 pound power pro. Uh, tied to 15 pound monofilament leader. If I know there's some big fish around, I'll double up that 10 pound power pro using a bimini twist and uh, I'll, I'll tie in a, tw a section of 20 pound monofilament. I don't use fluorocarbon. I get that question quite a bit. Do you use fluorocarbon? I don't use fluorocarbon uh, personally. And the only reason honestly is because I'm cheap. <laughs> And I don't like to spend $30 on a spool of leader material that I'm going to go through, you know, fairly fast. So uh, plus two, uh, there's an advantage to using monofilament over fluorocarbon, especially if you're throwing braid. If you're fishing with braid and uh, you, you already know that there's no there's no stretch. So, you know, you tie you tie into. Uh, how long does it take to tie the bimini? It takes me probably, um, I don't know, two minutes. Yeah, well, there, there's 30-second bimini videos and everything else like that. The difference between a, a properly tied bimini and a what we call the, the easy-out bimini um, is night and day difference, especially if you put a lot of pressure on it. So I, I take the extra steps. To tie half hitches and and you know my I tie the same bimini twist in my 10 pound power pro that I would tie in in 60 pound monofilament or 80 pound um, uh, power pro so or braided line whatever uh, I do tie uni uni to the to the uh, leader material and uh, you know I, I prefer the uh, that way. What's the difference between fluorocarbon leader and material and fluorocarbon fishing line? There's not a whole lot of difference. Um, there's a little bit more stretch in the fluorocarbon fishing line. Uh, I'm not a big fan of fluorocarbon, as I said, because it, it tends not to stretch as much as mono. And I personally like to have uh, like to have that stretch, especially fishing big trout. If you're fishing with straight straight fluorocarbon tied to straight braid you're not giving that fish a whole lot of room to kind of get a little bit of swing when he turns his head and shakes his head so a lot of times you'll pull the uh you'll pull the um the hook do you guys straight braid just tie braid straight to your straight to your hook no and uh captain alex uh proved a reason why we don't and uh a lot of our hooks down here, Ashley, are, are big enough to where the eye itself of the hook is uh, will allow for that that knot to swing around and pop through. Some 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 manufacturers of hooks they're not completely closed. There's a little bit of a gap. 
And if a fish turns his head the right way, when you think you broke off, you didn't break off. He just pulled the knot through that little tiny gap since there's such a small diameter in the braid. Um, and some folks do, uh, you know, I don't. Again, I like to have stretch in the line. I like to know that if I get a big fish on and I'm fishing light tackle, I need to palm the spool or whatever. Um, I, I can give that fish a little bit more pressure and let him kind of pull out. Now, if you're fishing, um, obviously, if you're fishing uh, bass and you're in thick cover, and you know you're using 60 pound uh braided line to pitch with you're talking a whole different story but down here um you know i don't, I don't mess with it if the if the water's dirty then you do okay well that's cool um i don't think it makes a difference if you want to know the truth about it i don't think fish see braid i don't think fish see fluorocarbon or monofilament as it being a fishing line i mean it's kind of ridiculous to think that fish have evolved to understand what kind of line you're throwing. Uh, I had a conversation with a gentleman one time uh, at a tackle shop, not my shop, but a shop I worked at. And he was telling me, he and he was getting like red in the face trying to explain to me how important it is to, uh, to use fluorocarbon for big trout because otherwise they'll see your line. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you're talking about a fish. You're talking about the same fish that my wife's grandfather used to catch on a cane pole <laughs> with like some yarn. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking about, uh, we're not talking about, you know, catching bluefin tunas or something that's got an incredible eyesight and, and sometimes can get a little bit leader shy. Uh, we're talking about a trout <laughs> or a redfish, but uh, I'll tell you the fluorocarbon for structure. That's a, that's a cool theory as well. And it is kind of true that it is a little bit more abrasion resistant than monofilament. But again, if you hook a fish and he gets down into structure with fluoro, with mono, it's not really going to make that much of a difference. He's probably still going to break you off. Um, for snook, I like to use uh, monofilament, especially monofilament, because it's it gives them, again, that stretch. And I think that you need it when they're shaking their heads around and all that kind of thing. And everyone's got their own way to do it. And you know, what I say obviously isn't isn't gospel or nothing like that. You know, I'm just uh, from my experience on the water, what I found out uh, that works well for me is, uh, you know, the monofilament. And that's that. So, uh, again, that's 10 pound for me for inshore. It's 10 pound tied to 12 or 15, depending upon the size of the fish. I'll bimini twist it to double it up and then be able to tie it more so then to double it up i'm not i'm not tying the bimini to give me 20 pound braid breaking strength i'm tying the bimini so that i can tie now my 10 pound braid to say 20 pound leader or 30 pound leader without having to worry about the braid sliding through the knot of the heavier monofilament so you know that that's a pretty good uh that's a pretty good uh use there um we talking about the boondoggle tonight. I can talk about the boondoggle tonight. I mean, uh, there's not really a lot to talk about. You need to get your spot reserved if you think you're coming down, or get a hold of somebody and see if uh, see if they've got room for you to to crash at their site because it's just about sold out, if not already sold out. But you're definitely able to um, definitely going to have to uh, show up and, and have a good time there. It's going to be a lot of fun and you have questions. I'll get to your questions in just a second. I see 
Kayak Fishing 2 says going to have to practice the Bimini, not an easy one. If you get some opportunity, I, I saw you fished in the lagoon. If you're local and you get some opportunity, come by uh, Kayaks by Bo either on Monday or Tuesday and uh, bring a rod with you. And I'll teach you how to tie a Bimini and we can get, we could probably learn you in about five minutes. Um, I learned how to tie a Bimini twist from a gentleman by the name of Walker Holcomb. Um, most of you guys probably have no clue who Walker Holcomb is. Walker Holcomb was one of the absolute best Marlin guides or Marlin mates, I should say, on the planet. Uh, this guy has literally had literally fished all around the entire world. Um, I think he's probably responsible for for leadering more more granders than probably just about any mate on the planet. And uh, I got a chance to sit down and talk with him for a while. And he, he, I was like, you know, the one knot, man, I'd love to tie that I always have kind of a problem with. And at the time, I was doing a lot more offshore fishing. So I was putting, you know, 20 and 30 pound line under tremendous st uh, stress. Uh, I said, is the Bimini. And he's like, bro, give me 10 minutes. I could teach you how to tie a Bimini. In fact, give me 10 minutes. I'll show you how to tie a Bimini that you'll be able to, I'll show you how to tie the Bimini so well that you can tie it in the dark. I'm like, in the dark. He says, yeah, in the dark. I said, all right, man, I'll take you up on that. So he, he sat me down, we went through the steps, and then he goes, all right, that, that first one wasn't too bad, man. Here you go. Go in the bathroom, take this stretch of uh, braid, tie yourself a Bimini. And I'm like, in the dark? He's like, yep, in the dark. So I went in there, in the dark, no light on. Tied a Bimini. Um, and you can tell the difference immediately in a well-tied Bimini twist and a not-so-well-tied Bimini twist. So, yeah, come on by, um, and I'll be more than happy to show you. You can look, look on uh, YouTube. There's a bunch of good videos on YouTube, too, explaining how to do it. But, um, you know, just uh, if you can come by and get firsthand kind of visual, then it, it's a little bit easier to learn from. And with that, stand by a second. I've got somebody here calling in. I'll get to you, caller, in just a minute. Folks, uh, as always, you're listening to Kayak Fishing Radio here on the Monday Night Kickoff Show. Uh, don't forget about our other shows throughout the week. We also have uh, Tuesday Night Double L Crew, Wednesday Night uh, the Low Sodium Show, and then Thursday night we have the Godfather himself, Chip Gibson, who uh, is, who allows us to to do these silly little shows. So uh, show those guys some support, some love as well. We definitely would appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to hit another commercial spot real quick. And then, uh, and then we'll be back. So stand by. Looking for a group of kayak anglers to share your kayak fishing adventures with? Check out yachtangler.com, your ultimate fishing resource. Boondoggle? What the heck is a boondoggle? Is it a tournament? No, it's not a freaking tournament. A boondoggle's just an event where a bunch of kayak anglers come together for a weekend of fun and kayak fishing. We all get together and fish, check out industry-related products, have a big dinner, and swap a fishing story or two. What's that? Sounds like a useless waste of time? Yeah, it is. So what? So get your butt up off the couch and get to a boondoggle. Bring yourself. Bring your family. Heck, bring your hairy-ass brother-in-law. I don't care. Just get to a boondoggle. 
check out yakangler.com slash boondoggle for more information. There you go. Boondoggle. Go to yakangler.com. Our buddies over there, Mark Wananavi, Adam Hayes, uh, Chip Gibson again from Kayak Fishing Radio, uh, have all uh, busted their tails this year to try and put on a excellent uh, boondoggle coming up here in uh, a couple of what we got less than 60 days. So you definitely need to uh, Bimini twist and JD classes. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Um, you definitely need to come out and partake and have a good time. And uh, joining me now, on, he's on the phone. <laughs> joining me now <laughs> on the show is uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Peppy. Bite all. What's going on, brother? Oh man. It's been one of those kind of nights, man. You can hear don't me screaming your, at the kids, you know, because they're screaming children. at me. Oh, man. Dude, it's been – somebody's got to beat me tonight is what they got to do. I mean, <laughs> shoot, I, I destroy a whole – before the show, like around 7.30 at night, I shatter the, one of the sliding glass doors. So that just made the night right there, you know, shattering the glass. And I've been dealing with that stuff now um, – the whole night pretty much cleaning everything up and stuff and now and now it's going to cost me $390 to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a guy coming over to replace it now, $390. There we go. <laughs> wow. Just like that. Lovely, huh? Yeah, yeah just like lo- that, $390. <laughs> it's, it's that easy, folks. <laughs> Yeah, it's that easy. You see, you just have to whip out three hundred ninety dollars and get a brand new sliding glass door. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peppy, let me ask oh. you this, man. Let me ask you this. I know we had a, a good time out there on the water the other day. If you're out there and you're in a situation where there's a lot of bait and the bait's getting pummeled, what do you do? Do you do anything differently to uh, in, in the way you work a soft plastic or, or a hard bait to try and get the fish's attention? Uh, yeah, usually if I'm throwing, especially with top water, um, if I'm throwing top water, I try to, you got to try to beat that bait and you got to try to make as much noise as you can. So pretty much I'm going to use some, some type of, if I'm using top water, I'm going to use some type of top water that's going to make a lot of noise. Something that's going to splash a lot, make a lot of noise with top water. And for plastic baits, um, I'm going to use something the same, pretty much the same technique, but but you know, underwater, something that's going to be do a lot of a lot of motion, a lot of vibrations underwater. You know, something that's going to something that's going to call um, that fish's attention over all that bait that you're competing against. Yeah. So and yeah. and and that's if they're that's if they're they're bashing them on the surface. That's cool. Now. Do you, do you have any special techniques that you like to use when you're trying to approach those big wads of bait, or do you just pretty much go at them with reckless abandonment? As far as you it, know, stealth or whatever, do you just not even worry about it and get in there? It all. It, I mean, it all depends. Um, it, it, it it all depends. A lot of times, I just when I see that nervous bait, sometimes I'm just tossing. You know, sometimes I'm just tossing bait inside that nervous bait. You know, there's so much movement going on in there. You just, I'm just tossing recklessly. They stay in there sometimes, but there'll be other times. You know, you toss on the outskirts of it. If you know the bait's being chased and stuff, you try to throw on the outskirts of it, maybe. You know, and 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 work it that way. But it all depends. And um, I've noticed that a lot of times, 
like, I don't know, you've seen my plug. I've not used it in a long time, my top water lure that I use. Um, it's actually uh, a tsunami. It's a tsunami lure. It's a big top water lure. I mean big. This thing splashes. This thing makes noise. I call it Billy Baruch. I don't know if you've seen it. I know a few guys yeah, have seen it when I get out there and they sit there going, good God, people freak out how big it is. <laughs> it looks like a tuna plug. But Yeah, but I'm telling you, when the when there is a lot of bait and all kinds of stuff and everything's getting hammered, you throw that plug out there and you'd be you know, people would people are amazed when they see that thing catching fish. Because it's almost as big as the fish itself. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But but it works, you know. It works. It just makes a lot of noise. It's one of those plugs that that just. I mean, you you you're working that thing. You're walking a dog with that thing, and that thing is splashing all over the place. I mean, you can see big splash. So, yeah, it works. I haven't I haven't used it in a while. To tell you the truth, I have not used it this this uh, this past few months. I have not even brought it out. I have to bring it out and try it out. Yeah. Well. I'm sure those, those I'm sure those, those jacks I wonder would, What's that? I said I bet you those jacks would have just annihilated that thing. Oh man, yeah, for sure. For sure they would have, yeah. I bet I I I wondered if the snook would have hit that. You know, I wondered the not the snook, the uh, the tarpon. I wonder if the tarpon would have hit that thing. You know? It Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Those tarpon were like they were acting like so strange, I mean, the way they were acting that day that, you know, they probably would have. I don't know. They were just hitting everything you threw at them pretty much and, and swimming by our legs and all kinds of stuff. It's like, <laughs> what the that, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I'll tell you I'll tell you something about tarpon that a lot of guys don't know, and, and I've found out over the last couple of years of really trying to target the little ones, because um, you can learn a lot from those little ditch tarpon about tarpon behavior. If they are just if they're rolling, but they're barely rolling, like they come out and they give you enough of a of a look to where you can see the dorsal fin, you can see the tip of the tail like they were for me and you, they are happy, happy fish. And and if they come up and they slap the surface real hard and they, they roll real aggressively, a lot of times they won't even feed. They're, they're, something's got them aggravated and they're not, they're just, they're not in the right mindset to feed. The ones that we saw were very relaxed, very chill. Um, but the craziest thing about it, the craziest thing about it was there was there was plenty of small bait in and around that area, both the areas where we found those tarpon and the little alligator. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I broke off a tarpon in the same spot that I caught that one on fly. And what was it? Not even two minutes later? Not even two minutes. Yeah, not even two minutes later. <laughs> I, I I casted, hooked that fish. Peppy's laughing. You got him, buddy. He jumps into a tree. Boom! Breaks me off. I reel in. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna do this on fly. Grab the fly rod. Jumped in the water. W- walked through the muck, <laughs> and then, you know, like my third cast down that little that little stretch, I caught that one. And, uh, you know, when they're that relaxed, and one jumps and breaks breaks you off, you think. Uh, it's got to be shut down. It's got to be shut down. Dude, it was anything but shut down. When I got out of the kayak, remember, I, 
I just I just wet the fly so that I could throw it a little bit easier because a wet fly throws better than a dry fly. And uh, I remember that one I had right in front of me trying to eat the fly. I hadn't even casted yet. The, yeah. the fly's just in yep. the water and the freaking tarpon's chasing it around trying to eat it. I, and like my the 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 fly rod I was using was eight foot six. It's a uh, it's a Luma shore stalker and uh, a six weight. And so eight foot six away from me in the water, this freaking tarpon's going ballistic trying to eat it so it was uh it, it was pretty pretty crazy it, it, it was it was a pretty crazy day i mean i've never seen tarpon that relaxed the way i saw them the way i saw them yesterday it was it was, actually was remember when i first got there and i told you i just had i thought it was a snook at first because i saw it real quick and you know i saw the big mouth and everything like that and i did not know and i thought it was a snook but then it turned out to be tarpon but i told you kayak right on the side of my kayak i mean literally touching my kayak i had a tarpon come up and try to grab my 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 lure right next to the kayak <laughs> yeah <It's> crazy <laughs> crazy you know yeah, i think i think I, what it is that's when i called you over yeah you know what i think what it is is the fact that there's so much floating grass in some of these areas that the tarpon look at the kayak is almost like that almost like floating grass and it's the, they're not even scared of it. They don't they don't run from it. They they're just like, oh, I bet you there's a minnow over here. I'm gonna swim over here and, and check it out, you know. So uh, it's 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 definitely definitely crazy, man. Um, I don't know. I've I've caught tons of little tarpon. I mean, I pro- I'm I'm well over a hundred this year on little tarpon, and uh, I, I've never seen them that relaxed. And after after the water erupts with one going ballistic like the one I caught did um, and me tromping through the mud and you tromping through the mud. As soon as I released that fish and we looked back up in that, in that, that little cut, they're rolling again, nice and slow. They're happy. They're not aggressive. I mean, they're not aggravated. You can tell it's just, it's like we never even caught one. Um, there's such a, there's such a, a, a smorgasbord of bait for them to eat. That it's almost just, it's almost ridiculous. Yeah. It's almost ridiculous. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. When, when when we're standing here in the water and you're walking, listen, you're walking back to the kayak from fishing the mouth yeah. of a creek and tarpon <laughs> race past your legs to go back into the creek. You're like, what the hell was that? You know, you look down, all of a sudden there's a big plume of mud and you see this tarpon race past you. You're just like, are you kidding me right now? This this can't yep. even happen. But uh, yeah, man, yep. I'm just I, I'm super excited uh, for for the river system in which we saw yesterday. If if that is any indication as to the direction of things that might come down the road, for at least for our region of the river, um, yep. man, it, it's looking good. I mean, this is I'm talking. It's getting back to the way I remember it from 15 years ago. Like when I was a, I was in, well, 15 years, how old am I now? Let's see. Uh, yeah. And I was just in high school and I was out catching, you know, jacks on every cast and ladyfish and tarpon and snook and reds and trout. And I mean, there's a lot of life out there and there's a lot of fish out there to catch. You know, all you got to do, take a little bit of time and chase after them. Uh, real quick, stay yep. with me, uh, Peppy. I'm going to run to do another one more commercial break. This will be our last commercial break of the show. We're going to end on a positive note here. We'll talk about some things, and then uh, 
we'll let you guys get back to your lives and uh, do whatever it is that you like to do. And thank you very much again for joining us here on the Monday night edition of Kayak Fishing Radio, the Monday night kickoff show. I am your host, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. Joining me, Peppy Vidal. <laughs> Give me the flat to dawn with plenty of tailing fish. Perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. What an awesome piece! I got one! Oh, damn, I got him, I got him, I got him. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Folks, if you didn't know about the Bonefish Tarpon Trust, uh, Kayak Fishing Radio is a proud sponsor of the Bonefish Tarpon Trust. Uh, those guys down there, they do a great job in trying to help to promote and protect and preserve uh, a couple of the key game fish species that many of us have come to love and, and admire chasing after, some of which I've never caught, hence the bonefish and the permit. Uh, they're still both on my bucket list, and I'm dying to get down to South Florida and, and tangle with one or the other, or hopefully both in the same day, or make it the trifecta, the tarpon, the bonefish, and the permit. Um, for more information about Bonefish Tarpon Trust, please go and check them out on the internet. Uh, they've got a Facebook page. I know um, and if you want to join and become a, uh, a sponsor of the Bonefish Tarpon Trust, uh, it's well worth your money. Um, they definitely do a lot to help us out, and uh, you know it's 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 been it's been really really uh, uh, a very rewarding uh, relationship I think that we've had with them. Uh, if you guys have been following the show for any kind of uh, time. You should be able to know or remember that I had um, Dr. Aaron Adams on the show, who is uh, one of the marine biologists that, that helps Bonefish Tarpon Trust and works with the uh, Moat Marine Research Laboratory. He's written a number of books and such. Um, what those guys have going on is is, is top-notch. Uh, they've, they've been very instrumental in trying to make tarpon a game fish to where you can no longer purchase a kill tag for a tarpon, uh, which I, in my opinion and, and – a lot of fishermen's opinion. There's no reason to kill those uh, those animals. The the food value, while in other third world countries, because the argument always comes up, they eat them somewhere else. Well, they also eat monkeys and dogs and pig and and other things. So you know, it, it's it's not a relative uh, conversation for the United States because we we don't consume them. Um, any book you look into, the tarpon has a very poor um, very poor food value. Uh, but rather to protect them and, and, and allow future generations to be able to target them. Heck, my four-year-old son caught a small-ditch tarpon when he was two-and-a-half on a six-weight fly rod. So in order to protect a species like that, there's got to be somebody who's stepping up for them. Bonefish Tarpon Trust does it. So I'm off my soapbox. I appreciate you guys listening to that um, and tune into everything they have going on over there at Bonefish Tarpon Trust. So, Peppy. Yeah. Me and you had a conversation yesterday on the water about my appreciation of your fishing reports that you that you uh, so so graciously um, donate to the show here from time to time. Um, I think that your level of expertise is definitely warranted, um, and a lot of folks like to uh, to gather information from you. We had the conversation about you possibly joining us here on. Monday Night Kickoff Show, Alan and I, 
as a, a an additional co-host of the show, and I believe you accepted said offer. Yes, I did. I'm, I'm, I'll be glad and honored to uh, be part of the show. Excellent. So, thank you, uh, thank, thank you very much. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, so, everybody, Peppy will be uh, also known as Flipper. No, I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> Peppy, <laughs> Peppy will be part of the show as, along with Alan Ryland. Um, these guys are two anglers that I mean. To say that I respect what those two guys are capable of doing is an understatement for sure. Um, both of them are wealth of knowledge. They're going to help in uh, moving the conversation along here on the show. And on day, on nights when they can't be here, like Alan tonight had to work, you know, I, I can hold down the fort. <laughs> I, I, I know how to do this. You know, I've been doing it for a while. So, But it's definitely going to be great additions to the show for sure. And uh, looking forward to doing some things here in the near future. Um, something I want to throw out there real quick to any of the Space Coast Kayak Angler guys that are listening. Um, I think I want to enter into the Gumbo Palooza that Fish in Florida Radio is putting on, uh, which is going to benefit Give Kids the World. However, I would really like to uh, maybe make that endeavor uh, as, as uh, kayak fishing radio for myself, you know, maybe have a kayak fishing radio team and maybe have a space coast kayak and team. So if anybody is interested in getting involved with that, I think it's 50 bucks um, per team, which is nothing. You got to come up with your best gumbo recipe. You have a little tent, you know, space coast kayak angler guys, you guys can have the, uh, the banner that Alan has to put up in your little tent as you cook your, uh, as you cook your gumbo out there at fish on fire and um, you know, let me know. I think it'll be awesome. I think that uh, I think well, Lenny might, might be interested in something like that. Maybe, maybe we can get a uh, uh, old Randy English to uh, break bad with some crazy boudin recipes or something like that. But uh, yeah, see what we can come up with um, Wade just let me know. Hit me up on Facebook or just, you know, give me, you guys have got my phone number. Just give me a shout, whatever. Let me know what's going on. Uh, I think it'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I think that between me, you, me, Peppy, and uh, and Alan, I'm sure we can come up with something. <laughs> that'd be, yeah, that'd be pretty, 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 pretty good idea to do something like that. I mean, I was there last year. Yeah. And I'm tell you, that place, it's happening. That place is, I mean, there's, and, and talk about great chili. I mean, even if you want to go and you just want to try chili and all kinds of stuff, I'm telling you, you pay, I think it costs $10, I think it was, or something like that that you pay, and you get to try all this chili. And, I mean, it, it's good stuff. And, I mean, there's so much chili. I mean, you walk out of there full. I mean, you really do. You, I mean, that's and, – and it's good stuff, too. I mean, there was some really good stuff last year there. And, and it's a good event. They have the tent. They have the – stage going and they have some type of presenters or something like that happening at all times. You know, last year I saw um what was it that was out there? I think it was uh was it the Swamp Brothers or something like that? Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, they were out there. My kids loved it. They brought out all kinds of animals. They brought alligators, they brought crocodiles out, they had snakes out, they had everything out. My kids were just they were they were having a ball with that stuff. So it's a, it's a good time. It is a good time. And it's for a great cause, man, for Give Kids the World, a great foundation that's uh, 
out in Orlando. I've got a buddy of mine, Jared Duplays, who's an actor out in LA, and he uh, he's done a lot of work with them. I know there's a bunch of local celebrities who've done a lot of work with them as well. So um, Steve Chapman, Captain Mike Ortigo, Boudreaux, uh, those guys from Fish and Florida Radio, they 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 did a tremendous event last year. Uh, the money raised was incredible. 100% of the money raised goes to the uh, Give Kids the World Foundation. Um, you 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 have to come out to this event. You have to have a good time and enjoy yourself because knowing that the money that you're you're using and you're donating is going to uh, help to uh, help to uh, give kids a a little bright patch in their lives when they may be facing an, a very overwhelming uh, medical issue. Um, again, I don't get into it a whole lot, but being the father of a child who has special needs, I, I feel for parents who are going through that. I mean, I've, I've been there in hospitals and emergency rooms. I've spent days in the hospital with my little one. So, you know, I definitely uh, understand the need for, for help and, and, and getting involved. So definitely try and do that. Um, don't forget, too, folks, about the Help Emily uh, Now tournament. Uh, it's helpemilynow.org. You can go there, uh, check it out. If you want to donate some money, you can't make it down to the tournament. You want to donate some prizes or whatever, uh, click on the donate portion of the website. You'll see that on there. If you want to come down to fish the tournament, I'm telling you now, it's it, it's one of the best tournaments that goes on here in Central Florida. Um, last year, it was incredible. This is only the second year that it's been going. So um, last year, uh, I think, for never had hosted a tournament prior, the Rouse family did one heck of a job. So uh, I look for this year to be even bigger and better um, now that it's going to be over at Kayaks by Bo. Of course, you know, I got to show some love to my people there. My my business should be open by then. Um, K, KBB Outfitters, we just moved a bunch of stuff next door to, you know, display racks and whatnot. We're moving the kayaks out of there this weekend. So um, definitely going to be uh, ready to rock and roll as far as that goes. But come on out there to the tournament. We're going to have a great time. There'll be some specials to be had during uh, the, the um, award ceremony inside the store. And, uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And that's, again, September the 14th, 2013, obviously, uh, right there at Kayaksoglo in Titusville. For more information, once again, go to www.helpemilynow.org. And then uh, don't forget, too, about our boy Alan Ryland's tournament he's putting on over at Cars Park, the uh, 2013 Cars Park Fall Redfish Classic. And don't forget, every time there's a, red, every time there's a tournament at Cars Park, camping is open. So you don't have to worry about trying to, if you're from out of town, out of state, whatever, you don't have to worry about having to go find a place to stay, drive over there, not be one of the first ones to launch. You can you can camp at Cars Park during the tournament. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. It always is. Um, I know we've got, I think there's 62 people. Yep, 62 people on the Facebook page saying they're going to attend. Um, some pretty stiff competition there for sure um, from some local guys there who are going to, we're going to show up. We got another 38 say they might come. So, you know, the maybes usually turn into we're goings uh, as it gets a little bit closer. Um, and of course, don't forget about the kayak fishing boondoggle uh, as you will find it on uh, Facebook. The kayak fishing boondoggle is uh, coming up. We're pretty close to it. Um, what is the dates again? I forget the dates. The dates are it's Columbus Day weekend, whatever that is. So, <laughs> I don't know. October I know that I've got... 11th, October 11th to the 14th. You are the person. <laughs> October 11th yeah. to the 14th. <laughs> and, uh, again, uh, just because the 
um, oh, wait a second, nine hours ago, they had a cancellation of one of the primitive camping spots that just opened up. So I don't know if that's been taken yet or not. Oh, never mind. Maybe it is gone already. It's gone. Yeah, that was gone right away. <laughs> Dude, this is getting crazy. Like, I'm telling you right now, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty nuts. I got, we got to thank a- uh, ACK as well. Um, Austin Canoe and Kayaks, they, uh, they dropped a $500 donation to help out the Boondoggle website, which we're trying to get everything streamlined for future Boondoggles, you know. Don't forget um, that this is this is all about you guys. We put these things on to bring everybody together to have a great time. Um, if again, if you've never been to a boondoggle, dude, there's nothing like it. I'm telling you, I've been to every kind of fishing event you can think of, from offshore to inshore, from freshwater to saltwater, and I've I've never personally been to an event that I had so much fun at as I do at every, each and every boondoggle. Um, so. Camp, kayak, fish, have a great time, network, socialize. The emphasis is always on the, the, the camaraderie, and then the fishing always comes second. So, like I say, if you get an opportunity to join us up in Perdillo Key at Big Lagoon State Park on Columbus Day weekend, feel free to do so. We'd love to have you out there. Um, what else? Anything else going down? That's about it, I think. I think you pretty much covered it. Yeah. Oh, and I and I and I'm working on a little something something, a little like keepsake that people can purchase at the uh at the boondoggle and we'll figure out we'll figure out more details on that later on. But I think that'll be a pretty cool uh way to, you know, come home with something that says boondoggle on it besides a T shirt. So uh we'll see. See if that all comes together and I'll announce more news on that as we move forward. We'll see how it goes. Is there a max amount of people? No, absolutely not. The more the merrier. Uh Oh, I'm sorry. And you had some questions, Ashley. Go ahead and ask them while we're while we're still here. But uh, yeah, there's no max amount of people. We want as many as want to come out and have a good time. And uh, how about food vendors? I, I haven't heard about food vendors yet, but I can tell you from experience at Boondoggles, you really don't need food vendors because most people bring so much food with them to a Boondoggle that. You literally walk from campsite to campsite, and people are like giving you food. So um, it's 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 awesome, man. It's a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Do I, bet, I have? To I bet camp? Russ is going to do. I bet Russ is going to do another crawfish boil. I bet it. I, I, I hope. Doubt it. Yeah, I'm going to send Russ <laughs> a, a message tonight. I meant to do it earlier, but uh, I hope so. If you guys missed out on that, man, I'm telling you that was awesome. So Ashley says. Uh, do I have to camp out? I'm girly. Don't like to sleep in tent. No, there's uh, there's some uh, hotels pretty close by. Um, there's some folks that have RVs that'll be there as well. Um, Melita, I'm sure will be there with Charlie with her cupcakes. Hopefully, <laughs> those things were awesome. Um, see, we ate like a king at the last one. I mean, I had duck bites, I had chicken and dumplings, crawfish. The crawfish was incredible. Everything was good. I mean, the the duck bites were insane, but the the crawdads that was that was awesome. It was raining on us. It was cold as all get out, and and here comes Russ. And if you don't know Russ, he's a he's a rather large individual as far as just he's a big guy. Comes with this this boiling hot tub of crawfish and comes slamming them across the the table, man. And everybody went after him like it was a bunch of crazed raccoons or vultures on roadkill, man. It was nuts. So, uh, but man, it was good. It was so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mark Wheeler's putting on a contest for the Boondoggle. Not real sure 
I have to talk to Mark about it. I don't know a lot about the contest, but why don't we hit one? You know what, dude? One more commercial break, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up the show. How's that sound? Sounds good. Winning dog. Kayak Fishing Radio. Blow Sodium Show presents the Winning Dog. Contest. Winning dog. To win the contest, all you have to do is listen to the Low Sodium Show via live app or podcast for the word of the week. Each show prior to the Blue Dog will reveal a word which will eventually complete a phrase. Once you arrive at Big Blue State Park here in Eoki, Florida, for the Fundawa on October 11, 2013, find the host of the Low Sodium Show, Mark and Trubula, and the site for the show. If the phrase is correct, you will be entered into the contest and receive a raffle ticket, which will be drawn on Saturday, October 12, during the Fundawa dinner. Prizes will include a full bay rod, a Tommy Head Jig Super Pack, and Unfair Lures Unfair Pack, swag for orchid coolers and jacking kayaks, and the meal and stay at the next meal will be on the house. There you go. So, it's a little hard to, to follow that, at least for me. Uh, a little hard to, to hear it. So, uh, but yeah, if you if you listen to the land, uh, Mark the Landing Crew Wheelers um, show, or go back and listen to the podcast, and pick up every key word that he gives away during said time, from between now and the boondoggle, uh, when you get to the boondoggle, you find Mark, before Saturday, uh, before the dinner on Saturday, and you tell him what the phrase is, if you get the phrase correct, he'll give you a raffle ticket. Um, the prizes will include uh, Bull Bay Rod, Tommy Head Jig Pack, swag from Orca Coolers and Jackson Kayaks, um, I think an Unfair Lures Pack, and then also to uh, don't forget that uh, your next boondoggle meal and stay will be on the house. So, with this one, we had to register ahead of time. You register, you pay for your spot online or whatever. The next one, you won't have to worry about that. You won't have to worry about paying for your camping because your camping will be provided for you. So, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Um, definitely check that out. Uh Good stuff. And, that, of course, Mark's show is Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern. Uh, all of our shows are on Eastern Standard Time. All of them go live at 8 o'clock. Some of us talk a little bit longer than others. Um, and, uh, you know, it just kind of depends on how the thing rolls. So it's uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good time. So uh, that's pretty much all I got, I think. Yeah, that's going to be good. Can't wait for good night. It's going to be good. What is the minimum beard length requirement for entry to the boondoggle? Well, if you have, if you are a woman and you have a beard, 
you are definitely welcome to the boondoggle because I want to party with you. <laughs> if you if you're a guy and you can't grow facial hair and you're over the age of 18, you're not allowed in the boondoggle. No, I'm kidding. Um, and if you I, and if you are a woman and you have a beard, you could stay with Wade in his bed. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Uh, yeah, Wade <laughs> Goatee does not count. You can't grow <laughs> hair in your cheeks. I can't trust you. <laughs> I'm just playing around. And his spoon beard. You see that? Spoon beard. Wade says, all right, it's getting out of control. All right, listen, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Monday Night Kickoff Show. As always, I'm your host, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. Joining me, my new one of my new co-hosts, probably going to replace Alan since he was a no-show tonight, uh, Peppy Whitehall. Uh, just kidding. I know Alan was out, and he, he was kind of bummed he wouldn't be able to be here tonight. Um Thank you very much to Ashley Ray being there in the chat room. Black Dog Custom Rods, our boy Lenny. If you're in the if you're in the market for a custom rod, check out Black Dog. They're some of the finest rods I've ever fished with. D.D. Olson's in there. Uh, Ed from Hellbrand Leatherworks. Guys, if you need to buy yourself a new belt, a new billfold, uh, a a a man bag for your laptop, uh, some luggage type bags, you want to buy your your woman a beautiful handbag or whatever. Check out Ed over at Hellbrand Leatherworks. The guy does incredible work. And keep your eyes peeled for the uh, the sick fish bags that he will be producing hopefully pretty soon. Uh, guests, don't forget to. You can log into the chat room anytime you want to using your Facebook or Twitter account. We'd love to hear from you too. So get a hold of me on uh, Hotmail. It's redfishchuck at hotmail.com. Or you find me on Facebook. If we're not friends on Facebook, send me your friend request. You can Either look up Redfish Chuck or just Charles Levi, you'll find me. And uh, I will be happy to approve your friend request. And uh, Wade, the engineer, is there in the, in the chat room. Uh, Kayak Fishing 2, Ladyfish Steve, Matt Giles, um, non-pro staff, Murdoch, Noodle Knees, uh, uh, Randy English, Tommy Head Jigs, Yak Chum, uh, don't forget to Rob DeVore and uh, Mike Kaneen, who goes by the affectionate name Noodle Knees, are working on the Everyday Push video to kind of document Mike's uh, journey through life. It's going to be an absolutely incredible video for sure, one not to miss. Big release party down here in Florida. Um, it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. Trailer 2, question mark? I don't know. Um, yeah, so there you go, man. Uh Holsters, too. Sorry, Ed, I forgot you do holsters, man. Those things look legit. Um, I need a redfish chuck holster from my Glock 19. Make it happen. No, I'm kidding. Um, other than that, Peppy, man, you want to plug your sponsors real quick? Yeah. Um, I want to thank Native uh, Watercraft, Harry Goods, Outdoor Shop, Aquabound Paddles, Slayer Inc., Oka Coolers, Dance Bay Bull, Hook One, Yak Attack, Ram Mounts. Black Webs, Fishing Florida Radio, Black Dog Custom Rods, and Tail and Toads. Thank you very awesome, much. Man. I know it's a big list, but, man, I thank them. 
<laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I hear you, man. Uh, and, of course, for me, i like to thank Hobie Kayaks, Orca Coolers, Tackle Webs, Captain Mike Ortigo, part of Fish in Florida Radio. Uh, folks, if you don't listen to Fish in Florida Radio, even if you're out of town, uh, Ashley, you, you should tune in if you get a chance on a Saturday morning from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You listen to them on iHeartRadio. You can go to uh, fishinfloridaradio.com, uh, listen to them there. If you're local, you can hear them on 740 The Game here on the East Coast and in Central Florida. Up in the Panhandle, they're, they're syndicated as well. Over on the West Coast, I think you can hear them there as well. The By far the best fishing radio program on the radio, by far. I mean, not even there's nothing I've ever heard that even comes close. I uh, love those guys to death, just like brothers, man. They're good people. They do a lot for us here at Kayak Fishing Radio and helping to promote us. We do a lot of uh, they do a lot of stuff for us too with the boondoggle and everything else. So show those guys some love. Show Mike Ortigo some love. If you don't have a tackle webs bag in your kayak, I don't know what you're doing with your life. If you have a Hobie boat, especially the pro angler, and you don't have two, three, maybe even four uh, tackle webs bags on your seat alone, I don't know what you're doing with yourself. It is probably one of the best, not probably, it is the best uh, product, the best aftermarket product I have on my boat for sure. Um, so check them out, tacklewebs.com. Uh, of course, I got to show some love to um, Railblazer and Yak Gear, uh, Ego Nets, ENO, Bending Branches, Slayer Lures, uh, Slayer Ink Lures, sorry, Chris, and uh, Kayak Strabo, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Make sure to... Uh, to check out everything that's going on with uh, all of those fine companies, follow them on Facebook, show them a little bit of love and appreciation. Tell them you heard of, tell them you heard about them a little bit here on the show on Facebook, on their Facebook pages. I would greatly appreciate that. Um, and with that being said, we're going to get out of here and we're going to get out of here with uh, a new, a new uh, exit or entrance, but we're going to have to have Yak Chum devise up us another one. If you're still in there, brother, I hope you're listening. Um, and add Peppy's name to this list because this is this is good stuff right here. So let's see. Oh, maybe maybe not. I don't see it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Stand by. I gotta find it. Now I gotta find it. See if it's in here. Hang on. Hang on. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> it's not in here. He lied to me. Anyway, no big deal. Uh. Let's find, uh, hey, here, we'll um, just get out. real quick, one more, one more thing, real quick, Chuck Slayer yep. Ink Lures. If you guys have any pictures of Slayer Ink Lures with their with their lures in their mouth, you guys have to send an email to Slayer Ink Lures and get into that photo contest. You win a TFO rod and a Stratic CI4. So you still have time to get into it. Just want to throw that out there for Chris. Very true, very true. And uh, yeah, Peppy's Peppy's living proof. You you win a CI4 and a and a uh, and a rod, so definitely get involved with that. <laughs> and I fa- actually I found the uh, I found the soundbite. So let's 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 hear it real quick. Do it. Kayak Fishing Radio presents from the Space Coast of Florida, the Redfish Chuck Show. Featuring your host, Redfish Chuck, and the Redfish Chuck Show's co-host, Alan Ryland.
awesome. Now we just need to we need Yak Chum to add your name there, Peppy, and we're, we'll we'll be all set. That's a cool little uh cool little deal right there. All right, listen, folks, don't for, That's it. That's it. We're out. Uh, don't forget, <laughs> take a kid fishing. Uh, they're the future of our sport. And uh, give your kids a kiss goodnight because uh, life is short, man. Those, things, those little guys grow up fast. So uh, take it easy. We're going to leave on the orca spot and then the uh, the normal ent- uh, exit music. See you. Looking okay. for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.